I want to start off with, you know, the book of Jude, it's just one chapter. So verse 3 says, I urge you to contend for the faith. And churches all across this world, I believe we have people who I'd identify as pretenders, and there are those who I would say are contenders. Uh, many start off strong in their faith, but it is the contenders who finish strong. We need more finishers, contenders who impact the world for Jesus Christ even after they're gone. The difference between a pretender and a contender is that a pretender um, competes to be seen, and a contender competes to win. It's the difference between um, professional wrestling and UFC fighting. Professional wrestling, I think back in the day they called it WWF. In my day, I don't know what it's called anymore. But, uh, you know, it's like the soap opera for men. And, and, the, and the professional wrestling, um, it, is, it is a pre-planned event. These um, athletes are paid to pretend to fight one another. It's quite comical sometimes. They're pretenders. Um, that's what they're paid to do. Um, they compete to be seen. And then there's the UFC fighting. How many of you are UFC fans? Okay. How dare you? I never watch that. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, um, you know, you stick two men in a Basically, if you've never seen before, you stick two men into a cage and anything goes. I mean, you just, you can bite the guy's head off if you wanted to. Uh, how you win is the guy either taps out or gets knocked out. All right, it's the real deal. They're throwing real punches. It's a real fight. And these men are competing for a real prize. There's a prize to be won. It's not fake. These are contenders. I want to talk about finishing strong today in your faith. Um, I'd like to see everyone move from being a pretender to a contender. Because there is a prize that awaits every single Christian those that are following Christ, there is a prize. You must fight for that because there are some out there that want to distract you and want to um, derail you from the goodness of God. And so we must finish strong in our faith. Uh, I was at a, a restaurant just recently and noticed on the napkins that they had printed this paragraph of words I thought was kind of funny I wanted to share with you. They said, we've got good news. We removed the, article, the, the artificial trans fats the artificial flavors, the artificial dyes, and high fructose corn syrup. Now your food not only tastes better, it is better. We hope you enjoy the difference. I thought, yeah, that's, that's, really, you know, that's really something else. Take all the, the fake stuff out, basically. Give me the real deal. I hope you enjoy the difference. That's great. And that's the way I want to speak to you today, too. I want you to notice the difference of living a, a fully devoted life to Christ. If we can learn to finish strong in every area of our life, then we can take this uh, scripture to heart today. But the question is, how, how do we finish strong in a world filled with opposition? How do we move forward and keep moving forward? How do we build momentum and keep it? I mean, just think about the different areas of your life right now. If you're a parent, you want to finish strong as a parent, don't you? When you die, you want to leave a legacy for your children. You want to instill these values into their lives. You want them to be grown up to be men and women of God, don't you? You want to finish strong as a parent. You want to finish strong if you're single and you're looking to remain pure until marriage or, or pure the rest of your life. I mean, there's, there's this, this, this uh, wanting to be Christ-like in everything that we do. In your marriage, you want to finish strong. 
when you're 80 years old, you still want to be holding your, your wife's hand. You still want to be holding your husband's hand. You want to be in love. You want it to, to still be there. You don't want that love to fade away over time. You want to finish strong. Many marriages start strong, but then they fade quickly. But do you want to finish strong? Finishing strong is so important. Think about that job that's difficult and draining in your life. And you're like, I don't know why I'm still in this job. But just look at it as a ministry that you would finish strong in, that you would make a difference, that even though you may be in some tough circumstances in that certain career, at least you can make the most of it for Christ, to work for God's glory. Um, such was the, uh, the story of Mary Kay Ash. I don't know if you know who this is. Ever heard of Mary Kay products? How many of you use that? Man, I better not see any of you raise your hand. Mary Kay, do you? Mary Kay products, right? You've all heard of Mary Kay. Well, the story of her, I just read recently, I thought was pretty um, incredible here, that she was like the single, the, the, the sole lady on the board of directors of this one company for years. And uh, was not taken very seriously by, her, uh, by the males on that board. And so in 1963, she decided to retire out of frustration. She decided she was going to write a book um, for women in business to help them. And so as she sat down at her table in her house, she made two lists. And um, one list was all the good things that she had seen in companies where she had worked. And the other list was all the things she thought could be improved. And so as she reread these lists that she had just written down, she realized that she had, what she had in front of her was a marketing plan for her ideal company. And in just four, four weeks, instead of writing a book, um, and she decided to write a business plan. And what happened next was her accountant, her attorney, did the best to discourage her, said, you're wasting your money, you shouldn't invest in this. Um, she decided not to listen to them anymore. Uh, her husband, on the other hand, was very encouraging and helped her start this business. And so as they worked on this cosmetic products, designing the packages, writing promotional materials, recruiting and training female sales, uh, force. Uh, they began the storefront in, in Dallas, Texas with an investment of $5,000. And now Mary Kay brings in an annual over $2 billion a year. Named one of the top 100 company, best companies to work for. Mary Kay's motto is God first, family second, and career third. And see, I think what we can learn from that story and what we're going to learn in the book of Jude today is that we need to learn how to detract the distractors while attracting the contenders. There is going to be distractors in your life, just like Mary Kay had, had these, these men who kept um, frustrating her plans, kept saying, you'll never make it, you'll never succeed in business, give it up, don't throw your money away. And she decided not to listen to him. You've got to minimize those distracting people in your life because they're going to come all around you at all times. What you're trying to achieve in this life, someone is trying to, rip, uh, trying to tear you apart. What you want to get into your goals in life, somebody is going to discourage you. Somebody is going to say something negative. Somebody is going to be a roadblock in your way. And you can choose to either invite those people into your life or you can minimize them. And then you also want to attract the contenders. You want those who are just like you wanting to achieve something in this life and especially in your faith in Jesus Christ. If you want to finish strong as Christians, you need to surround yourself with contenders.
I'm not talking about these pretend Christians that come to church and think it's all good in the hood, and that's all they do. They just come and they, they, they participate in this show and then they leave. All right, you want to move from being a pretender to a contender and surround yourself with contenders. Strengthen yourself. Strengthen the body of Christ by doing that. Um, there was a, a person in the Bible by the name of Jude that moved from being a pretender to a contender. Uh, many scholars believe that, that Jude is the half-brother of Jesus. And how we know that is in the first, ver- or the first verse here, in the book of Jude, how it says that he was a brother of James, and James, of course, was the brother of Jesus. Um, so he was in the family there. And uh, what's interesting about this is in John 7, verse 5, when talking about Jesus, it said, For even his own brothers did not believe in him. This was before the resurrection took place. His own brothers didn't even believe that, that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah, that he was the coming king. But after the resurrection happened, after we see that Jesus was who he said he was, Jude bought into it, and Jude was, was giving himself for this, um, for this life in Christ. And so it's neat to see in the very first verse that it says that Jude, a servant, and he's writing this book, Jude, and he describes himself a servant of Jesus Christ, a contender. And so he writes this book, or this, this letter to um, these Jew, these um, Christian Jews in, in the area of Palestine. And he's writing this letter to them, and he wants to encourage them about this whole, or he wants to talk about the salvation. It says right off the bat, I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, right? He wanted to write about that, but he couldn't. He, he, had, he had to warn them and also encourage them about what was going on um, amongst the, the, the body of Christians there. Because there had been some distractors who had slipped in among them, these pretenders. And pretenders aren't always easy to um, tell apart from, from those who are real and those who are fake. Because uh, many times they can wear the smile, they can say the right Christian thing, they can do all those things. But here, and it says in here in, in, in the scripture that they did not have the spirit. They were not Christians, they were not Christ followers. Only Christ knows the heart, doesn't he? And so he's warning them. Jude is seeing this. And he said, watch out. Let me warn you. There are some that have slipped in among you and are trying to do, derail you from finishing strong in your faith. And, um, and then starting in verse 17, we're going to focus on verses 17 and through 23 today. Verse 17, he says, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own godly, ungodly desires. These are the men who will divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and who do not have the Spirit. These are distractors. And in verse 3 through 16, it describes what these men are like. Okay, let me describe some of this here. It says uh, in verse 4, that they are godless men who changed the grace of our God into a license for immorality and denied Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. What these men believed and what they were teaching, what they were invading into the body of Christ here, they, they, were, they were saying um, it was a difference between the body and, or the, the flesh and the spirit. They believed that God had created the spirit, but he didn't create um, the, the flesh. So, so basically anything they did in their flesh was okay because it didn't affect the spirit. That's how they thought. 
basically they were abusing the grace of God. There's still some who think that today. You know, I could still be a Christ follower, but yet dabble in anything I want because it's not a big deal. God will forgive me, right? He'll overlook my sin. This is how they thought. And so they abused the grace of God and decided to, to give in to whatever they wanted to. Sexual immorality, uh, 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 lying, cheating, doing whatever, whatever they wanted to do, fine. And they were, they were sitting down at meals with these other Christ followers. And Jude's warning them against these people. Like they're going to distract you in your life. Um, so it describes that. And also in verse 16, we see that these men are grumblers. They're fault finders, right? They don't, they don't find fault in themselves, but they'll find fault in other people. You know who, you ever been around people like that? I find the fault in you, but in me, no, come on, seriously, I'm perfect, right? So they're fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and they flatter others for their own advantage. These are the type of people that were invading, um, these other believers in Palestine. And so we see that the, here's the distractors. And so uh, Jude then gives us some encouragement. And, and we're going to skip over verses 20 through 21. I'm going to come back to those. But in verse 22 through 23, here's how you attract contenders in your life. You've got to make contenders because you've got to make disciples. And, and here's how he describes these three groups of people. It's almost like he's coming to a stoplight. He's saying, here's the red light people. Here's the yellow light people, and here's the green light people. The red light people, he says in verse 22, be merciful to those who doubt. He's talking about those who are Christians but are maybe less mature in their faith right now. He's like, stop, be patient with them, encourage them. They don't need somebody to bash them over the head with a Bible right now. They're maturing in their faith, and they need your encouragement. Be merciful to them. And then he describes here in verse 22, um, Snatch others from the fire and save them. Here's the green light people. These are the, the, the non-believers. These are the people that have, have not given their lives to Christ yet. They're heading straight to hell, and we've got to do something. We've got to step in. We are God's mouthpiece. We are his arms, his legs. We've got to go. We've got to go. The Bible says go and make disciples. That is what our call is as Christians. And so we've got to be practice sharing our faith. This doesn't mean that you have to stand on a street corner and hold a sign. All right, that's probably not the best method today. Our culture is changing. You've got to get into conversations with people. You've got to learn to open up and share what God has done in your life. Get in those conversations with people at your work, where you um, like to play, or your hobbies, wherever it may be, get involved in these conversations. And then the yellow light people uh, says here, to others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. All right, these are the non-believers who are filled with so much evil. And I'm talking like filled with evil. I was on Facebook the other day, and uh, I noticed um, a girl from high school that went to high school with me. Uh, she's dabbling in some major evil stuff because I saw her, uh, uh, something that she posted on there about, uh, about these different demons and stuff. like. And I was just like freaked out. <laughs> I can't believe she's writing that stuff. But you know, people, there, there are people that are, that are serving um, Satan, aren't there? There are people that are into the, the witchcraft and all this other stuff. He's talking about these kind of people. The people that, that even, the, it's this stain, I mean, it, the, it's a stench of evil surrounding this person. He's like, show them mercy, but be careful. Be cautious. This is the yellow light people. Be cautious with them because you don't want to fall into that sin as well. Be cautious with those people. 
Uh, so we have um, um, all three of these, but all three of these can become contenders if you, if you make them contenders, if you're able to share with them about Christ and if they're able to give over themselves to Christ. Um, but here is the meat of the passage in Jude in verses 20 through 21 because you cannot detract distractors and you cannot attract contenders um, um, by itself. You, you've got to be able to persevere in these four areas and it gives us four areas in verse 20 through 21. All right, To build it, to pray for it, to keep it, and to expect it. It's the it factor. Do you have the it factor? Do you have it? It is the determination, the willingness to finish strong in your faith. And so in verse 20 through 21, he says, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. All right, build it. Build yourself up. Um, become spiritually mature. We talked about that a couple weeks ago of, of, of how to, to utilize spiritual disciplines um, that draw you closer to Christ. All right, build yourself up in the most holy faith. And then it says, and pray in the Holy Spirit. Be so filled with the Holy Spirit that you are being led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. That you are influenced by the Spirit. That you are, are praying things that are um, uh, in line with God's will. So build it, build it, pray for it. And then keep it. Verse 21, keep yourself, keep yourselves in God's love. Keep yourselves in God's love. Well, does that mean that, that if we don't do certain things that God's not going to love us anymore? No. No, God always loves us. The Bible teaches that. This is saying here that, you know, there's times that we don't love God, do we? That we lessen our love for God. God always loves us. But it says keep ourselves in God's love. How do you do that? You do that by continually um, um, living your life in, in faith and also by obeying God's word. When you obey God, you're staying in God's love. You're, 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 you're keeping in God's love there. Because you love Him. You want to obey Him. You, you want to read about what's in here so that you can live it out there. Keep yourself in God's love. And then the final thing says, as it says, keep yourself in God's love. As you wait, that word wait in the original language um, means to long and, longingly expect, to long to expect something. All right, so... You're expecting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. All right, we're waiting for that. We're expecting. Are you longing and expecting for when Jesus Christ is coming back? Is your hope in Christ coming back? Are you expecting that? Are you like a dog waiting for its owner to come home? Just like, I'm ready, man. Like, any time. Like, if God took me home today, it's all good. I am ready. Do you ever look at the sky when you're driving, and hopefully you're watching the road too, but you ever see the sky and it's a beautiful day and you're like, just take me, God, you know? And that, not in a way like that. I mean, like, break forth out of the skies and bring us home. All right? Do you longingly expect? You build it. You pray for it. You keep it. You expect it. Do you have it? Do you have that willingness and determination to finish strong in your faith? I want to close with uh, Jude's prayer in verses 24 through 25. And I hope this is an encouragement to you um, because we have hope in Jesus Christ. We can all finish strong in our faith. And I pray for Wendover Hills that um, together as a church, you guys would be able to do this. 
So listen to this prayer, verse 24. To him who is able, who's that him? Jesus. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. And God's people said, Amen.